This is Everyday Wealth with award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and personal finance expert, Gene Chatsky. Last month, we started a segment called Investing Sense, which I love, where we focus on investing behavior, some traps that you might fall into. Our guest this month is Dr. Wei Hu, Vice President of Financial Research for Edelman Financial Engines. Wei, welcome back to the show. Always great to have you here as well. Thanks, Jean. Great to be back with you again. Last week, we talked about continuing to invest money, even in a bear market, and how some people are saying that stocks are on sale right now. Is that true? So what we have here is good advice, that is, stay investing if that's part of your financial plan. But it's couched in a little bit of an oversimplified thinking about the markets. The whole notion of stocks being on sale is actually evidence of a behavioral bias called reference points. What is that exactly? Yeah, the basic idea of reference points is that we set mental benchmarks for what the market price has been or what it should be. For example, if you think about the market being down since January 1st, then you might think stocks look cheap. But if you change your reference point and say, why not make it five years ago, then relative to five years ago, you could say that stocks look expensive. So the whole notion of reference points, depending on how you choose the reference point, could really change your opinion of whether stocks are good or bad to invest in, which is actually bad thinking. Give us an example of the difference between looking to the past and how you know, what time frame that you use versus looking to the future when you're trying to figure out what you're wanting to buy. Yeah. So let's take a couple of examples of stocks and I'll actually use companies where I'm a customer of their services. So let's look at Peloton, for example. So if you look backward at Peloton as a company, they're down about 90% from their peak price during the pandemic. Some people might say, well, people are never going to buy as many Pelotons, and so their stock price won't recover back to those previous peaks anytime soon. That might be the right answer. So the key is to look forward, not look at what happened two or three years ago. Another example might be Netflix, which is down about 50% from its peak. It may recover back to its previous price, but there's no guarantee of that. So those are a couple of real-life examples where you really want to think forward about the prospects, and that's what determines what the stock prices are of those individual companies. Where else do you see people using reference points in a way that leads to bad decision-making? So we help more than a million people in retirement plans help manage their 401k retirement accounts. And one thing that we often see is in cases where the company makes available their company stock in the 401k plan, we see a lot of people overinvest in that company stock and hold on too long. We often see people with more than 25, 50, or even more than 75% of their retirement nest eggs invested in the single stock of their employer. And that's really, really risky. When we have conversations to help understand that they should diversify, we see evidence of reference points affecting their decision-making. So when the stock is rising, then everything seems good. People don't want to mess with it. Why tinker with something that's been working well? But then most stocks will eventually see some sort of dip because that's what happens with risk. So when that dip comes, then the reference point starts kicking in and they say, well, 
I know it's going to recover to its previous peak. So they set that reference point, they wait for it to recover. And then ironically, what you get is a situation where when the stock is rising, they don't want to diversify out of it. And when the stock has fallen, they also don't want to diversify out of it. And so they're in this trap where even though they may recognize when we talk to them that they're holding in company stock is too risky, they can't quite overcome that mental hurdle of finding the right time to diversify out of it. The reason that people don't want to sell when things are going well is because they're afraid that it's going to continue to go up and they're going to lose out on all of those future gains. Andy, I'm sure you've got a lot of clients with big positions in company stock that they don't particularly want to let go of. How do you talk them through this? Uh, I show them what it means to continue to hold versus managing risk in a much more appropriate way. A dear friend of mine worked for a company where he could purchase stock at 20% discount. And so he built that into his overall strategy. Before we started talking, he had this gigantic position. And when we started to go through everything and I was showing him the ins and outs of keeping the stock versus diversifying it into a different allocation within the 401k, I tried to show him the ramifications of not doing anything differently versus better managing the risk. And, you know, we had to work on different behavioral things. He felt compelled to purchase the stock from his company. He felt like he was being a good employee by doing that. And so by reframing the conversation and saying, look, you're responsible for yourself, you're responsible for your family, your overall estate, this is what happens if you continue to get a larger and larger piece of this stock in your account. And I showed him the volatility. You have to do that for your particular portfolio because otherwise you're at a company, you have this huge position of company stock in your 401k, you're already getting income from the company, you're already getting health insurance from the company. There's so much of your life and possible success that's tied into this one firm. Your job as a prudent manager of your wealth is to figure out how to take on the least amount of risk necessary for you to do what you want to do. That's really what's important when you start talking about these individual positions or how to have these conversations about stock within your 401k or the the overall portfolio. Way, how do we fight this? One thing that I like to do to get out of the idea of reference points or looking to the back is to ask yourself, if you didn't hold an investment and had to buy it fresh, would you buy that investment with new money? And if the answer is no, you probably shouldn't continue holding it. There may be some tax reasons why you may want to hold on to something that you already hold. But generally speaking, just think about that from a fresh perspective. Would you buy this today if you had to make that decision all over again? So go back to where all of this started. Are stocks on sale? Should people invest now with all the uncertainty of, are we in a bear market? Are we not in a bear market? What are the odds for recession? What should people be thinking about right now? I'm going to try to shift away from the language of our stocks on sale. Stocks being on sale requires you to know what the fair price of stocks is, and no one's going to tell you that. But instead, the question is, are stocks a good buy? And the fact of the matter is, when you look at the data, that stocks are almost always a good buy in terms of being a good source of return adjusted for their risk. The recent performance of the stock market does not predict the subsequent returns of the stock market with any reliability. 
Here's some analysis that we did. When you look at the S&P 500 since the period of 1926 to today, if you separate time periods into two kind of regimes, one where the stock market has recently hit a new peak, so it's rising, or on the other hand, it's recently fallen by 10% or more. Okay, so it's falling to a substantial degree. Look at the subsequent performance in those two regimes. In the first regime where it's been rising, If you look at the next five years, the annualized return has averaged 9.9%, okay? If you look at that other regime where stocks have been falling 10% or more recently, the subsequent five-year period returns are 9.6%. So they're basically indistinguishable from each other, these two kinds of regimes when forward-looking. So the past really does not predict the future at all when you look at stock returns. Mind blown. Way, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure, Gene. This is a call to the self-starters, to the self-made and the self-sufficient. It's time to declare a new kind of independence because Edelman Financial Engines is here to provide tailored investment solutions for your kind of wealthy. You should expect more from your wealth advisors. Our investment management approach is based on Nobel Prize winning research and our planners don't sell products to earn commissions. And because we're here for those who question the answers, we model more than 38,000 securities so we can better stress test your portfolio through thousands of scenarios. So no matter where you're going next, see what we can build for you. Call 888-899-4450. That's 888-899-4450 or visit efewealthplanners.com to get your complimentary financial plan. Edelman Financial Engines, built for those who built themselves.